0: Welcome to the Indie Experts Podcast, where we're unlocking all the secrets you need to know about writing, producing and publishing non-fiction books that really work hard for authors. Join Dixie and Anne as they help you navigate all the tricks, traps and the majestic tapestry of storytelling as a means of sharing your expertise to your market. Hi,
1: everyone. Welcome. Welcome. We're just talking to two authors about the launch phase of their books at the moment. Now, Bronwyn Reid, Greg Corley, and Alexander Jono is, uh, sorry, Dr. Alex, is uh, are all launching their books this week. Now, Bronwyn launched hers yesterday officially, and we managed to get her activity up to a point where not only was she trending in the bestseller stakes across multiple um, categories, but we ended up getting her in the hot new releases or the best Uh, Number one new release category and a couple of categories where uh, she we've managed to grab a uh, screenshot of her book sitting in the number one position. Bill Gates' latest book is sitting. Yeah, I saw that. Extraordinary. Elon Musk. Elon Musk is number four. Now that's fantastic, and you know, great work on you know pushing it out there. So what happens is. When the book launches, which what you guys have all done really well, and now that we've got more people on, Greg, hold your book up again because, you know, and Bronwyn, if you've got a copy of yours handy, hold it up. Yay! So Greg don't have copies yet, Dixie, sorry. So Greg is also sitting at number one across several categories in his area. So congratulations, guys. It's fabulous. But here's how it works. When Amazon sees a sustainable amount of activity and it's really good high quality sustainable activity in the first instance when it's launching then what amazon does is they get excited and they say oh let's keep the the curtains drawn on this one because this is this is performing well and we're excited about this obviously it's a good quality listing uh, good quality author uh, the author according to the bio is uh you know out there doing other stuff it's not just a one hit wonder potentially we'll get excited about this book too and so they will promote it or help keep the, the wheel turning really well. So what we do is we make sure that when we select the categories really well and we get you guys as, as launching authors to get everyone possible to buy your book, to be aware that it's in pre-order mode so that when it's then time to launch and the, the date comes available where it's available, by then you've already started to trend really well. Now, where this is really extra important as well is that we can do a press release that actually says things like, hey, it's already trending. It's already showing up in the, as a number one bestseller on Amazon. Now, the reality is, is that many of the people that you talk to will say, oh, number one on Amazon, you know, that's kind of, you know, you can just do that. Well, in actual fact, yes, if you want to be number one with a best-selling book in photography of uh, frogs, <laughs> category cool you can be a number one in the category of frogs category but you might be actually selling a business book which is completely irrelevant and there's only four books in the entire category being a number one in an actual genuine category is significantly more important now last night greg's book was trending up in the top 1000 in kindle overall Anything above the top 5,000 is worth noting because Kindle overall, I mean, obviously thousands of books, hundreds of thousands of books. So if your book is sitting there up in the top 5,000th, that's worth noting. But to get a book up into the top 1,000th, that's phenomenal. Now, it might only be for a few hours, but it's still worth noting. And if we can say that to the journalists that might be looking at your press release, then that's worth noting you know they will get more excited about that which is really really worthwhile so the process of getting your book performing well at this stage when it's launching is critical because we want to see the sustained action and we want to see Amazon get involved And I mean and the first 90 days is really important so we occasionally have an author come to us and they say well I've had my book out for a few weeks now it's not doing very well Uh, I've seen what you've been doing with such and such else person can you you know tweak our book or or make our book perform better and often if they're past that first 90 days you've almost got to relaunch it right from scratch you're kind of going to take it off and you know redo the whole thing and, and really rejig it And sometimes that's worth doing, and we tend to avoid kind of getting into those situations because it's so hard to measure success if it fails. And often, um, you know, working with someone all the way through with their books means that we know exactly what's coming up, and we can, you know, push the the wheelbarrow really hard into what's going on uh, as early as possible. So, you know... There's lots of secret ingredients that go into making this happen. But for us, doing three books in one week was really big. And congratulations to Anne, who, you know, we couldn't have done that um, without Anne's input as well, because Anne's so integral to making sure that the books look good, feel good, that the authors are happy, that, you know, sometimes we have to sort of sit there and sort of say to each other, "Ah, this is working really well, or this is not, or we've got to pat each other on the back, or we've got to kind of, you know, wipe each other's tears, whatever. So we're a team okay, this morning. I couldn't
2: get my internet to work.
1: <laughs> Ouch. Um, and can, so I, can I just um, say, I, there's, there's somebody that a few of us know who did a relaunch on a book and, and had somebody in the UK as their marketing person really trying to get them to number one, did an, did an international book launch online about two months ago. And it was cringeworthy and they didn't get to number one. And there was all this hype about everybody joining so they could get to number one. And I think they might have got to number two, but they couldn't say number one bestseller. But there was all this hype around it and it was just really yeah. cringy. And it made me realise that, you know, actually, you know, yes, if you're going to have a book about the photography of frogs, you might get to number one. But you, it's really hard to do that about the subjects that we're talking about and yeah he doesn't do it yeah so and and you know unfortunately there are a lot of cringeworthy situations within the publishing industry especially at launch time so what we're trying to do is make sure that you guys get the best possible chance of you know shooting it out of the ballpark and really nailing this this essential week of activity so yeah so congratulations to everyone who's um who's you know, involved in getting their books launched in this way. So so today, thanks, Sue. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit more about what we've been covering in the last couple of weeks, which is all about PR and how to get attention from media. Um, it was fantastic having Jules Brooke with us last week talking about, uh, you know, how to actually operate a, um, a media campaign Using PR, and if you haven't already signed up for her PR machine, the engine, I encourage you to do that and also grabbing uh, opportunities to work directly with her. Now, Anne is working directly with her doing her accelerator program to learn more about PR, and I know she's finding huge value in that. Um, and we used um, the engine to do a couple of press releases this week, which was just phenomenal. So there's so much power in just being able to do this yourself. Um, But if you don't want to become a PR expert yourself, then we obviously offer that service as well now. Now, when the press comes calling, when you get success with a press release, what you want to know is how uh, how do you get the opportunity to get a great interview and really nail that interview? So there's a few things that you want to do or that you need to know before you even answer the phone. So if the media comes calling and you, or if you've just put a press release out and you're getting lots of calls and some of them look like uh, ID, no caller or no caller ID or random phone numbers that you may not have come across before, don't assume
0: it's spam. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in there, Dixie, because that's what I've had. um, Oh someone who used to work on the ABC as an announcer, and she said that was their number one, you know, pet hate, they get these things and then people wouldn't answer their phone. So, you know, if you put it out, you need to have your phone on you, you need to be available at 8pm, you know, at 6am, because, you know, you might get that call. And if you don't pick up, they'll just go to the next person.
1: Yep. If you do pick up and there's no one there, and you think, oh, no, it's taking a moment to to click through, it could honestly be still someone using an old system where, you know, someone else is putting the call through for them, you know, and busy producers and busy journalists sometimes still do that. So don't assume that uh, just because there's a momentary gap that it's someone calling from India to offer you uh, great deals on electricity, all right? Just hold the, the thought for a moment. So when you do get the call and they say, "Hey, it's uh, <laughs> it's such and such from the ABC here. We'd really like you to be on the radio uh, to, uh, in three days' time. I'd like to talk to you about your book. Fabulous that you that you know you've done this. Uh, this is the time. This is the date. This is the whatever." Now, if you've just jumped out of an elevator, or if you've just been having a fight with your your, your teenage kids, or you've just been sort of uh, got off a call from somebody else and your head is reeling and you're not in the right headspace, literally you can say, I'm really on board with that, but please can I ask you to call me back, I am literally about to die from my battery, my battery's about to run out, or uh, I'm just on another call, or I'm just don't have a pen, I need to, or I'm just in the loo, whatever, just say, I need you to call me back in two minutes. And generally, they'll say, yep, fantastic. They've heard the call. They've understood that I'm going to call them back, that I've got information. Understand that. Thank you very much. Or I've just been pulled over by a police officer is another really good one (laughs) for talking on my phone. Um, But you want to say to them, I need a moment. Then they will usually call you back because they've already engaged with you at some level. They'll call you back and then you are ready. And by this time, you will have taken a few deep breaths and you'll have said, right, I'm ready to hear what you have to say. What time, when, what do you need to ask me? Uh, Can I submit some questions in advance? Now that's really important. You want to be able to submit some questions in advance, especially if it's radio and especially if it's television, because you want to make sure that the reporter knows what you really want to hone in on. You want to make sure that they know that you are also professional and that you are prepared for the interview. So that tells them a couple of things. One, that you are ready. And two, that you know exactly how to handle yourself in an interview. So that's the first thing. When you turn up, you will have already sent them your preset questions. Now, you want to keep these reasonably brief. You want to have things like, what was it that inspired you to write this book? Who are you most trying to impact with your book? And it's the same questions that I ask when we start the planning stage of your book. Who are you most wanting to impact and why? What inspired you to write this book and why do you think this is a great time for this book to be out? Um, what do you hope people will do when they read your book? How do you want people to take action on what you're saying? And what's next for you? And this is the opportunity where you say, hey, you know, I'm busy writing another book at the moment and I'm you know, about to do a, you know Australasian-wide tour or a world tour or I'm speaking at the Million Dollar Roundtable. This gives you an opportunity to just re-establish further credibility and ongoing activity in this area. So you get to to do all of that and, and kind of guide the interview. Now, bearing in mind, you will possibly only have three minutes. Three minutes is a long time for an interview on television, especially breakfast television. If you get it up to five, that's even better. Now, if you haven't been on television before, um, as you've possibly seen on various TV shows, uh, the actual stage is set in like a massive big room and it's hot as blazes. and you want to wear something that's relatively cool because sitting there under all of those hot lights that are all concentrated on this little tiny area in this massive big barn-like room uh, can be incredibly intimidating, especially when you feel sweat dripping down your face and you think, oh my God, my mascara is going to be all over my face. Uh, and, you know, there's sweat marks under my arms and I can't concentrate on what she's saying because I'm feeling so revolting. You want to make sure you've dressed for relative comfort. Um, And it doesn't matter if you're wearing jeans underneath, but if you, you know, make sure you're business dressed or whatever at the top. Make sure you you think about your brand and how you appear. Obviously, if you're a yoga instructor, uh, then you might be a lot more casually dressed than if you're a business leader. Uh, So think about those things. Think about color that you turn up in and also think about your voice. So one of the most important things that you need to get really good at is, is being able to breathe really well. So breathing from your diaphragm, making sure that your voice is not frying every time you open your mouth. That you learn to slow down when you're speaking and answering the questions that the interviewer is asking and really being in the moment being absolutely present in the moment because you may not get a second chance to go back but if you are 100 percent in the moment and you are focused on what you're being asked and you're kind of ready for the questions that they're going to ask you now even if you send those questions in guaranteed a journalist if they're smart will still throw you a curveball and they'll still sort of throw you something that you have to be ready for it won't be like a a bad one but it might be that they ask you something about something that's going on in your industry at the moment Uh, so you just need to be kind of ready and you know hearing what they're asking so being in the moment breathing deeply will slow down your um your nerve uh it'll deal with your fight and flight um issues and it'll just slow things down now when you end up if you're going on television or and often in radio as well uh, if you're doing live um, you will often be sitting so you need to be thinking about how you're sitting uh obviously for the camera you have to not worry about the cameras but you also have to make sure that you are um ignoring the camera because the camera doesn't care about you unless you are told by the interviewer to look directly in the camera and say that line you want to ignore the camera so you kind of have to be you know a little bit ready for that as well and if you're really new to this then that's good advice so the next thing you have to think about is um your voice and making sure that when you've had done some deep breathing, and even if you're sitting, which doesn't allow the deep breathing quite so well and the relaxed tone with your legs and you know bent and, and being all nice and loose. And Bernie and I were talking about this just the other day. Um, and we might just open up for Bernie to just talk about this a little bit, actually. Because when your voice is in its right place, you won't sound nervous. You'll sound authoritative. And that's what you want to be doing. You don't want to end up sort of spluttering through, needing a glass of water or suddenly catching your, your breath so much that you can't speak. Um, you want to maximise every single millisecond of that three-minute interview. Bernie, do you want to just unmute for a moment and just talk about what we were saying about the voice and being relaxed? I think. Yeah, thanks, Dixie. I think the one thing that comes to mind as you were just describing um, – the voice and the breath um, is to, and we talked just moments ago about dress is actually wear something on your feet that you can ground yourself with, that you can feel um, you're in contact with the ground because there's a connection of your feet through your pelvic floor, through your diaphragm and through your throat being our four horizontal structures in the body that will aid you. You know, so if you're on sort of tenterhooks on your feet, then that will reflect potentially through your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you need to go and get voice lessons first, then please
0: invest in that. You know, I so you think high heels aren't great for grounding. If no, you feel
1: not. grounded in the man, go for Never it.
0: Bear them. No, see this barefoot. <laughs> If you can get away with barefoot, do it. Mm. So you all needed to see that, didn't you? We did.
2: We did, yeah.
1: (laughs) So, you know, making sure that you are fully 100% ready is really important. Now, Anne and I prepared a little something for you before we got to today, and we're going to do a mock interview and show you the difference in a couple of things, and then we're going to talk about these differences. So, Anne and I have got a little script, and I'm going to play the part of the uh, interviewer, and Anne is going to play the part of the hyped up interviewee first. And we're just going to go through our little script. So, I'm uh, doing the
0: hyped one first. The...
1: Uh, you're doing the hyped one first, yep. Okay. okay. So,
0: uh,
1: welcome, Anne Tori Wilson. It's wonderful to have you here.
0: Oh, great. Thanks. I've been wanting to meet you for ages. Blah, 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 blah,
1: uh, Wonderful. Uh, your book is doing really well, and I know it's been attracting a lot of comments.
0: Ah, oh, yes. It's been great, and I'm delighted it's doing so well. I had a lady tell me just last week it's changed her life and I'm really excited about the next event I'm speaking at, where I'll be able to talk to even more people about how So,
1: So tell me, Anne, what inspired you to write this book? Ah, oh,
0: great question. Well, I started out thinking about writing a different book. Really, then this thing happened. Long story. So let me tell you that life really changes when you are caught up in a scandal like that, knowing who to trust. Or how to escape from the paparazzi is really incredibly hard. Then you get your family harping on at you about you've ruined their lives too and it's just endless, isn't it? Mm -mm. Oh, God. And then I mean, is anyone supposed to prepare for something like that? And it reminded me how Princess Diana, well, you know, she was chased by paparazzi and then, uh, God, it's just awful. uh, uh,
1: Well, did you find that your own experience of being caught with your pants down at the palace have had impact on your book and its title?
0: Oh, look, of course, I played around with a lot of titles and every now and then I changed it again right up to the last minute. But when my granny said to me that it was really the best idea and one that made her laugh, I decided it was the best one.
1: Well, that's absolutely fascinating and I'm sure Granny's very happy about that. But uh, has writing this book changed your life at all?
0: Well, I can tell you a lot of people want to buy me a pint at the club now and my phones were pretty busy for a few weeks. I do think that plumbers everywhere should listen to what I have to say about this issue because really it could happen to anyone. I mean to say, did anything you mm -hmm. learned in school really prepare you for something? Uh, uh I think not. No. Uh,
1: well, you, you're making a good point. And, and, you know, and what is the one thing you really want people to know about after
0: they read this book? I have to say that the best thing people can learn is to mind their P's and Q's at the royal houses anywhere and they should make sure we all sign waivers of privacy if they think getting away with that kind of carry-on is okay. We uh, should be educating the we, folks.
1: We, uh, I Uh, uh, Look, um, uh, I appreciate what you've had to say today. Thank you, Anne. Uh, Look, I'm sorry we have run out of time and I'm getting a buzz from the producer. We really need to wrap this up. It's been delightful. Thank you for having you on the show today.
0: It's a pleasure. I'll get my parking validated. Yay. Well,
1: we can see that some of you really enjoyed that. (laughs) As Bronwyn said, I'm surprised she even got an interview. Now, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the importance of having a media page on your website. That gives people an opportunity to see what you are like in an interview situation. So that's why it's really important to have one of those. Have something that shows what you are like on camera or what you are like, how you speak, that you don't have a very, very unusual accent that's really hard to understand or anything like that. So it's important to have the preview of you on camera or in an interview scenario on your media page and you did that brilliantly okay now Jules unfortunately couldn't make it this morning so I'm going to use you and to do now exactly the same interview uh, but we're going to do it in a completely different way and then we're going to talk about both versions of that so uh, I'm the interviewer again and I'm going to ask the same questions Uh, so Anne it's wonderful to have you here thank you congratulations on your book uh it's uh, lovely to meet you
0: delighted thanks for having me
1: now your book is doing really well and i know it's been attracting a lot of comment
0: thank you that's very kind of you
1: uh is, tell me and what inspired you to write this book
0: um i could see there was such a need in the marketplace for someone to explain exactly what not to do when faced with this kind of situation
1: Mm-hmm. um Well, did your own experience of being caught with your pants down at the palace have an impact
0: on your book title? Um, Well, yes, it did. And when I really thought about it, I realised that Pants Down at the Palace was just such a brilliant title.
1: Well, has writing this book changed your life at all?
0: Yes. um, Well, of course, for one thing, I'm a lot more cautious about where I take my pants off. I have been invited to speak at palaces everywhere now and about their bathroom designs.
1: Well, that's fascinating. And what is the one thing you'd really like to know, people to know after they read this book?
0: Um, well, to be cautious about where they take their pants down and to not assume that the shower nozzle in the palace is really a camera, whether it looks like it or not.
1: That's fascinating. Would you like to discuss that further or...? or
0: um no i think that that pretty much covers it um
1: okay well thank you Anne. it's been absolutely delightful having you on the show today we will go to a quick uh commercial break and uh just before we go Anne, what's next for you
0: um right well thank you and you're welcome and what's next is i'm thinking you're writing another book um calling the next one how to survive nude beaches in winter
1: Oh, that's fascinating. Oh, we look forward to that. Thank and, um, you for coming in today.
0: That is quite all right. And Dixie wrote this script. You can tell that, can't you?
1: <laughs> now, the reason why we did those two extremes is that we wanted to make it, make it clear that you have to turn up ready to engage but not steal the show. The, the um, producers will be having kittens At either level of those kind of interviews because you want to make sure that one you you allow for the conversation to take place you know for in the first one Anne was far too busy far too animated far too uh, involved in her own thing Uh, she might have been funny and the listeners or the viewers might have been thinking well this is hilarious but it would have ended up on a bloopers show at some point now slowing it right down and allowing for you know the interviewer to get a word in edgewise is critical the interviewer is experienced at interviewing they need to know that they can engage with you and they can pick up on what you might say that is actually of of interest to their their readers or their listeners or their viewers the other extreme is where it's like pulling blood out of a stone to get engagement. You know, like the interviewer will throw a question and the, the bait's just not taken. And when that happens, again, the producers are having kittens in the background saying, Jesus Christ, we're going to have to, you know, grab an extra commercial break. Uh, can we bring this forward? Uh, you know, and, and the biggest problem that on-air anything has is either too much jammed up time or dead air. When I worked in radio, dead air, the radio that, uh, and they demonstrated this a couple of times, it was like on our first day. The issue of if the radio goes silent for even 10 seconds, it sounds like a minute to the listeners. A minute's silence on radio basically has people ringing in and saying, Oh my God, you know, have you just been bombed? Like, what's what's going on? Uh, you know, what's happened? No, I can't hear the radio. And the switchboard jams. So, You've got to be really mindful of being ready to answer questions and think in whole sentences and not whole paragraphs. So that's the biggest thing to remember and practice it before you get to, to an interview stage. You know, one of the best things that I ever uh, was told to do was use a rubber band on your wrist. And get everybody to talk to you for the week leading up to your interview. And, you know, flip yourself on the wrist every time you feel yourself not speaking in a whole sentence. Speak in a whole sentence, pause. Speak in a whole sentence, pause. And the thing is that your nerves will derail you potentially if you don't get some practice in with this. If you have a natural tendency to speak too fast or say too much. So you've got to learn how to bat the ball backwards and forwards across the net. That's the most important thing. Does anyone have any questions? Feel free to you know send me scripts that need to be written and jest.
0: So um, I, I think I should you know quit my day job and go to uh...
1: <laughs> yes, and she definitely quit a day job as an actress. Um, <laughs> now there is another question that comes up a lot when we talk about media, and that is makeup and hair you know, do you turn up if you're going to be on breakfast television, for example, and assume that you're going to have to do your hair um, and your makeup? uh, Do you assume that someone's going to take you by the hand and uh, do it yourself? Um, Or do you make sure that you are 100% ready to just go straight on on camera? Now, as I said before, the lighting on a TV studio is mega bright. And it's designed to, you know, pull all the, light, all the light and the color out of your own faces. So the more high quality, this is the rule of thumb, the more high quality or the more high caliber the TV station is, the more likely they are to get to have a makeup room. And they will basically say, you know, and you can ask them, do I need to be ready to go straight on camera or do I need to be early to get made up? So if it's someone like, um, you know, breakfast television They will usually ensure that you have been checked out and spruced up before before you go anywhere near the camera. If it's a smaller regional station, which happens quite frequently, uh, then they will expect you to look ready to go on. So you have to be mindful of things. um, Dangling earrings for the girls. um, too much or not enough makeup um not enough brightness you will need to kind of brighten up you know deepen your eyebrows and things like that for guys again as well if you've got really you know if, if you wear sport if you wear a bit of stubble and um, your stubble tends to be quite gray uh that, or salt and peppery and you know more to the salt and less on the pepper then you might want to rethink about whether you want to be clean-shaven or you might want to just allow an extra couple of days growth so it doesn't look like you've got a dirty face. Little things like this can make such a difference as to whether or not you look great on camera and whether you feel confident on camera. So, um, you know, all of these things will make for a much more enjoyable uh, media experience. Um, Bronwyn made a good point as well just earlier um, where, in fact, Bronwyn, do you want to just um, talk about that, the enthusiasm that we have for our subject?
2: It's something that I've had to watch in myself, Dixie, because the reason we've written a book, the reason we do what we do is because we feel so deeply and and we're so passionate about our subject. And and usually we have an incredible depth of knowledge about about our subject. So when somebody asks us about it, it's like, blah I've got to give you all of my knowledge now within the next three minutes and it's something I've definitely had to curb in myself Mm. um, because I feel so deeply about some of the things that I talk and write about Mm.
1: and you know it's an easy thing to fall into but if you remember as well that even if it's on radio and in some instances if you're on talkback radio This is a really easy one because you can be enthusiastic and in some instances, they will extend the time available to you if you have a great interview style or a great story. Uh, But if you are just on on a short interview scenario, regardless of what kind of media it is, you have to stay focused on the fact that you've got maybe three minutes. If they don't like you, they will kick you off early. If they've given you five minutes and they don't like you, they will wrap it up early. If you're a hard interview to have, they will wrap it up early. So you've got to maximize that three to five minute space. And you've got to also make sure that when you you start or when you um, send those questions in, you might want to asterisk or highlight one particular thing that you want to get, one particular point that you want to get across. It might be something like, for example, with Bronwyn, you've got to be risk and resilient, ready in your business at all times because there is no new normal. That might be a line that she really wants to say, regardless of anything else. So she has to stay focused on the fact that that's what she wants to leave everybody with the point of saying, you've got to be risk and ready, risk and resilient, ready because disaster could strike any time. Uh, I'm just putting words in Roman's mouth. She might argue that there's something else she'd rather make sure everyone hears. But you know, if the book is big. A small business big crisis you've really got to leave on a point where everyone knows exactly what you are there for so don't let the interviewer derail you from making that fine point that final point stay focused is there any other questions that anyone wants to ask about what the interview experience could be like
0: because we've just about
1: Um, running out of time
0: Yep, I'm just going to say one thing as well to keep in mind is to keep in mind I'm sorry if you've actually covered this with I was running out to the dogs that um, you really keep you know each different media they're going to have a different audience so really keep in mind exactly what that audience you know needs your message to be mm. so it just might be slightly different for a different. A different audience so they're really going to want to know that you're thinking about their, yeah. listener, their watcher their reader
1: absolutely yeah like so for example um greg you might be interviewed on um yoga for men for a uh, men's particularly focused uh talkback show you might just as likely be um interviewed by a young person as an older person or it might be more geared towards younger men or older men. It might be something that's geared towards women dealing with men having a midlife crisis. Uh, you know, every different media station or place that you you get invited to, you've got to make sure you know who their market is and who their primary target is for each show. That's critical.
0: Because you know, Greg's going to be talking to like say, if you were interviewed someone where you're, you know. Their audience is mainly tradies. So you're going to be talking to them very differently to, you know, male CEOs and how they can use yoga. You know, both can use yoga but you're going to have a different language to your tradie as opposed to your CEO. And, you know, they're going to want to know your CEO is going to use, you know, the whole thing potentially a little bit differently than yeah. Your and,
1: And again, a lot of these things come up at the beginning when you're still at the planning stage of your book. Who do you want to impact on why, how, why is this important? It's the same kind of questions that run as a theme all the way through your writing and your production phase. So it's not all new stuff that you have to think about, but you just have to be focused on these points to be really well media ready. And when you are media savvy um, and we can let uh, people know that you're media trained, then you're more likely to get the opportunities because as Jules said last week, people are desperate in media land for good interviews, good stories, good opportunities to engage with people. If you're good at it, they will bring you back. If you're good at it, then someone else will hear about it and they'll get you on their show. And there is huge power in that. So fantastic. Go for it. Get media ready. Start Really thinking about um, at all times speaking in sentences, not in paragraphs, and thinking about the kind of questions that you want to be asked if you get an opportunity to go on on a on a show of any description.
2: See, I did um, two days of media training um, with with journalists in the room um, a while ago, and at the beginning of the two days, they got us to do like one minute, you know, a one minute of the the most. You know, important things about our whatever we were talking about. Then, over the two days, they, they did. If they told us this in the beginning, we would have been frightened. But by the end of the two days, we had a 30 second pitch to a journalist. Mm. And that was so then we actually got to pitch to the Australian Financial Review, to Good Morning Australia, and all that sort of stuff. But 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. Really powerful. You know, the more savvy you are with this, you know, and look, cannot recommend highly enough. I think, Bronwyn, you're on Jules' PR Accelerator
2: program. Yeah. Yeah. I've been. um, I was one of her inaugural members. Yes.
1: Hugely valuable to, you know, just spend some time getting to know the journalists and the the journalists, the industry specialists, um, being matched up with someone that you can actually... Uh, Be guided by as a journalist through that program, getting that experience of what to pitch and how to pitch it, really important. So yeah, highly recommend that you uh you explore that further as per last, what we talked about last week. So, yeah. Hey, thanks everyone for being here today. Uh, just one more shout out to Greg and bronwyn Congratulations on your books, and of course, Alex, who will be listening later. Fantastic, brilliant, well done on you know doing so well right out of the box, uh, right out of the starting gate, I should say. And um, we look forward to seeing how those books progress for you over the next few weeks and months. And uh, please, by the way, everyone, uh, take a note of the names, go on Amazon, grab a copy of the book, give them a review for the book. You know, the other thing that we do when the books are launching is make sure that the prices are there, but that they're low. So it's, you know, less than a cup of coffee. To go and uh, grab a copy and just uh, support each other. So there you
0: go. And I'm just going to jump in before we go Sue, Just want to say, Anne loving your book. So, yes. Sue's so I'll be next. next. And Bernie, I'll
1: be Yes. And I said, if you love Sue's book, you're going to just love Bernie's book as well. You know, Sue and Bernie, I'd love to see you guys write something together because you both. Brilliantly explained things that are so that you'd never thought about before. Um, but anyway, like fascia. Yeah. Sue has yeah. made fascia. Interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Emery has told me
0: numerous times. times.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. So all right. Hey, have a great week, everyone. We will catch up with you next time and uh hope that was helpful today. Thanks everyone. See ya. Thank you.
0: Well, that's one more flag on the map clearly identified. For extra author resources to make your journey even more enjoyable and stress-free, visit www.indieexperts.com.au. You can locate us on all our social media platforms by just searching for Indie Experts. Join Dixie and Anne next time for more navigating the journey of sharing expertise through publishing books that work harder.